0: Welcome back to this week's episode of the American Landman. I'm your host, Neil Hogger, land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate, and you found the American Landman podcast where we talk about buying, managing, and selling American land. Well, it is June 8th as I record this, and I've got a really interesting conversation here and probably a topic some of you have never heard of, and that is hard money lending. And hard money lending is basically going to a private lender, uh, asking him for a loan on a property that you'd like to buy. And I bring in the chief compounding officer of Aviara Capitals, Derek Peterson. He's been on the podcast, I think, twice before. And Derek is mainly into the multifamily realm of real estate on the West Coast, but he owns properties in Indianapolis, I believe, in Atlanta. But again, mostly residential. He's not so much in the land. So I'm going to make him reach out a little bit because I've been priming Derek a little bit uh, to get himself into the land and diver- diversify a little bit with his own holdings, getting into land, which is my realm and my comfort zone, and at the same time, Well, I learn a lot from Derek and his comfort zone of multifamily. Uh, I have not invested with him. He has not invested with me. But uh, I definitely learn a lot from him. And he's got a lot of parallelisms that, you know, kind of, the boundaries of uh, investing and that's what we're going to talk about so we're going to get into uh, an actual property here I just kind of randomly picked one I went out to central Kansas if you want to go to whitetailproperties.com look up Adam Hahn H-A-N-N or Mitch Keeley K-E-E-L-E-Y and if you guys are listening I just randomly chose this because I liked the look of looks of it from the picture it was 160 acres listed for 688000 or 4000 three hundred dollars an acre in burr oak kansas and it looked like a pretty cool property so i just said hey let's do a scenario here and if i was a mystery buyer or mr mike uh, a buyer that wanted to do hard money lending let's talk about what hard money lending is uh, how i might create a business plan if i was to come to you and, the kind of, and I walk you guys through some of the value adds that I think that you could do to this property. And it just so happened it was a really good-looking property. It is for sale. As I record this, you might want to check it out. So sit back and enjoy. Hold on to your hats because we're going to talk about hard money lending on today's episode of the American Landman. This episode is brought to you by Vitalize Seed. Cycle nutrients the way nature intended. The PackerMax HD Cultipacker Crimper. 100% of your seed goes down, 100% of your seed comes up. Landgate, data, intelligence, and marketplace for land and its resources. First Products Grain Drills, maker of the multi-drill. Quality, precision, durability. And lastly, Acres.com. Explore and value land with confidence. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to the show, Derek Peterson. Hey, Derek. Hey, Neil. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming back. This is uh, I think this is number two for you. Um, hopefully we can keep three. you coming back and as a regular. Number three. Contri- this is number three. All right. Well, you have crossed over the threshold that you are a regular contributor. Um, so thanks for coming back. So if people have not heard uh, the previous episodes, uh, you guys should go check it out because I'm going to introduce Derek a little bit. Um, He is the chief compounding officer. I love that title of Aviar Capital Investments. And as we've talked about in our previous episodes, Derek retired at at right around age 50. So this is kind of a recent thing. And he was an engineer, but he's also been an investor in real estate, mostly residential and multifamily. But... He does come from a land background a farming background and so he's i think his heart is there and maybe one day he'll become a land investor with this group um with the guys that listen but um i still think that the lessons that derek teaches uh through aviar capital and his own experience i think it really relates back to what we do and derek i thought i'd have you on because we had this conversation about um hard money lending And that is a term that maybe a lot of guys, it's not generally known, I don't think, in the land because I've never actually heard anybody talk about hard money lenders as a way to get into land. And I speak to a lot of guys, and I think the hardest thing that they have, and I hear it all the time, is I'll never be able to save enough money to get a piece of property. So what do you think? Is hard money lending an opportunity for them?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I would just go back and talk about the hard money. Um, hard money is basically just another way of saying private lending. So in a traditional sense, you go in, you know, you buy a single family home, you get a, a mortgage or in California, you, you you sign a note, a mortgage note, and um, a deed of trust gets recorded against that property. And that's that's how it's done. Well, um, in, in other avenue or other areas, like let's say a flipper short term needs to go in, purchase a property. He doesn't have time to deal with the, the Wall Street bank. Okay. So he doesn't have time to go to Wells Fargo and go through their, you know, rigmarole of, of, underwriting the property and and uh, evaluating them as a creditor and um, all those kinds of things um, they need to move fast so they need to you know come with cash and be able to close a transaction in a week or two and so um, private lenders step in and fill that void and private lenders um, can be um, can be multiple people like going in on one note or it could be you know, one individual investor that acts as the bank, you know, instead of a traditional bank. Um, so I hard money, I think got a, a name for being kind of a higher interest rate, um, maybe better terms for the lender, you know, cause you know, the private lenders have to be quick so they can, they can charge a little bit more. Um, So I think that's where hard money comes from, but, but really what it boils down to is, is basically just a private lender, somebody that's not an institutional bank that decides that they want to um, invest and have collateral backing, backing that, that loan, just like a traditional bank. So, I mean, there's, there's no real difference between the two. Okay. So that's just kind of like generally talking about um, what it is. Hard money is just private lending.
0: All right. So Um, so, so let me, let me ask you a couple of questions here. So um, you've done this before. You're actually a hard money lender, right? Right. You do this. Okay. Um, I hear this quite a bit from guys at like, especially right now with the land market, there's just not much out there. And this idea of being quick, where you kind of laid it out, but let's fill in the blanks a little bit. So a guy goes out and gets a mortgage and, and wants to get a mortgage. I would say it's a two-week process. You think, and uh, to get everything in, you have to get your W twos and all your statements, and you got to go sit down with the banker, and it's a little drawn-out process. So it's a it's a couple weeks time to actually get that money approved. In the meantime, wow, that's you fast. You it's okay? Yeah.
1: For for a bank, yeah, that's pretty fast. I would say, you know, in uh, traditionally you're probably looking at thirty days plus.
0: Okay, well, I haven't had that experience. Maybe I got a faster banker, but but then again, I guess with my guy Kevin Doherty is my banker that I lend with. I've already kind of have a relationship with him and kind of started the process. Okay, so it's thirty days. I mean, okay. that even emphasizes the point even more that you you don't have the time. So. That's where this hard money lending kind of comes into play. And I know you've been doing it. Had had you, you had invested when you were buying your homes and you had so many mortgages out there. Was that the point that you went to hard money lending or have you personally borrowed from a hard money lender?
1: I used hard money, uh, hard money loans as a, as a, on the lender side as a way to keep my, my, um, Loose cash or the liquid cash that I wanted to have for buying property, um, I wanted to earn a return on that. So at that time, you put them into a savings account, you earn 000.5 whatever percent, and um, you earn nothing in interest. So if I have money waiting to invest in a property, I want to have that working at least, you know, at 8-9%. So that's what I used it for.
0: So you started, so you had this cash sitting around and you just didn't want to sit around earning nothing. So you took some of it and started doing the hard money lending. You didn't take all of I, your cash, right?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of, um, you know, you always want to have reserves. You want to have liquid cash that you can use in case a deal comes, you know, you know across your desk and you have to move fast. And then you want to have, you know, that, that, you know, I, I, what I call the, the, the hard money cash, which basically these loans are shorter term. So you usually get your money back in, you know, a flip here in California might take 90 days to 120 days. So you get your money back in, you know, three months time, four months time. So you, you and then you roll it over. If you don't have a, another opportunity that looks compelling to you, you roll it over into another hard money loan and just keep it going or you liquidate. And then, you know, maybe you've got an opportunity you want to capitalize on you jump on it and you, and you just, you know, um, and then you raise cash again to the point where you've got enough capital to do another hard money loan. So you just, it's a way to keep your capital earning earning while it's waiting.
0: Okay. So tell me about the first time that you did this with the first guy that approached you. How did he find you? What did he say when he walked up to you? What was the project like? What were the terms? Can you take us through a story, maybe the first one you ever did?
1: Um, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so I don't even know which one was the first one I did, but I I can kind of, you know, carve it out a little bit. Um, I, I got introduced to a flipper through... Uh, a national broker that we were using to buy property in Atlanta. And this flipper, um, you know, was basically borrowing money at 12%. So I liked that. That sounded good to me. And um, I could, I could, I could lend money with collateral at uh, we call it, I'll hit some terms for you. We call it loan to value. So an LTV. So like a 65, 70% LTV is, is, a pretty safe loan because you know you evaluate the current market value of a, let's say a single family home is a hundred thousand, right? And you do a 70% loan to value, meaning you would lend that buyer $70,000 to buy a hundred thousand dollar property. So he's, he's either got equity in it He's getting it at a discount or maybe he's bringing, you know, a certain amount of money to the clothing table himself, you know, 30000 So um, that was kind of like the standard back then, uh, you know, like 70% LTV and then uh, 12% interest. So it would pay monthly, um, just figure like 1% per month right? That's 12% per year. So, you know, you get a check for 600 and or $700 a month on that $70,000 loan. Um, you just get a check every month, right? So, I mean, that, that, that was kicking the pants off of <laughs> any kind of deposit interest rate you could get from a bank. So I, we were doing these um, with great enthusiasm, especially when, you know, like 10 years ago, the market was at the bottom. You know, it was probably a good chance that it was only going to go up from there. So you had that buffer of 30,000 or 30% of the value and it's pretty safe. You know, like the collateral is solid. I mean, we always talked about it like um, a general saying in the business is you're happy if you get paid. Meaning you get your you know 12% interest and you're happy if you don't get paid. Meaning you can you've got enough margin of safety where you can go in and take the collateral and sell it for a profit. So so you win. It's a really a win-win, right? And and for the borrower it's a win-win because they're hoping to flip a property and maybe you know, buy something at in that hundred thousand dollar case, maybe they buy it for, you know, 85,000, they put a little paint on it and they sell it for one ten or something yeah. like that, you know, and you were able to bring cash to the closing table to allow them to do that. And they maybe have very little of their own money in it and they got their sweat equity and they put all their hard work into it and they made a, a quick 15, 20 grand on, uh, you know, in maybe a month or two. So they're happy. I'm happy. You know, that's, that's the perfect business transaction.
0: I've been, um, I was a recently approached by a guy that wants to buy a farm down in Kansas and Mike's listening to this right now, hopefully. And, uh, I've got about, half a million dollars cash sitting kind of on the sidelines that i haven't deployed i'm some of it i just actually bought a little five acre parcel maybe we'll talk about that but um i've thought about the same thing and mike approached me and said hey neil would you ever lend me some money to to buy a farm and you know when we start buying land a lot of times the when we talk about land flipping and you know we're really niched and we've discussed this, you and I, a little bit, but we're bu- I'm buying these hunting parcels and I'm turning them over in a year. That's kind of my target. But a lot of guys are turning these places over. It might be one to three years before they sell it. But Mike approached me about, hey, would I lend him some money so that he could buy this property? And and I'm like, well, I'm interested in it for sure because we discussed, um, I actually said 15%. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'd do that. I, you know, in his case, he only needed the money for a very short time. He's actually selling a property where he's going to be commissioned pretty big, but he didn't want to miss out on this property that he wants to buy. And that's, you know, he doesn't have the cash. So he was going to hard ask me, I was going to be the hard money lender. And it in this case, it sounds like it'd be a short-term situation. So maybe the six months kind of lines up with, with what you're suggesting. But if you were me, how would I, how, you know, Mike, Mike's listening. He wants to understand how to come to a guy like you or, or me, um, or maybe it's you because you have Aviar Capital. That's what you do. Um, what, what do I, how do we start this process? Like, what, if, you were, if he was coming, let's say he's putting this term. He, Mike's coming to you, chief compounding officer of Aviar Capital in San Diego, and says, I want to buy this Kansas farm. I'm looking at one right now. It is $900,000, I think. Let's just call it 900000 Call it a million bucks. Call oh, it a million bucks, yeah. Round it up to a million. And I've put you guys together. How is this process going to happen? How, what's the situation look like?
1: Uh, I would say that I would, I would look at the collateral. I, I would start with the collateral. You know, Am I, am I happy say he, he vaporizes? you know, and I'm, I'm stuck with the collateral in my happy camper. Um, I don't want some illiquid um, collateral that I can't sell and recover my principal. Cause that's what I'm after, right? Like a million dollars. If you're doing 50% loan to value, I've, I'm coming in with half a million dollars, then I need to, I need to be able to get that half a million dollars back fairly in short order. I don't want to be stuck, like, say something goes wrong on his end. I don't want to be stuck in this transaction for years until I can find, uh, you know, a, an interested buyer to come in and, and allow me to recover my principal. So um, that's the first thing I would look at is how liquid is the collateral and do I like the collateral? Right. There's a lot of so, like
0: in this, huh? You yeah, said it it's an art form.
1: It's, it's 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 an art form. You know, um, you could probably read a lot about doing private lending, and there's a million different ways to do it. This is just how I do it. So, like, if I'm if I'm lending on a property here in California, like a million dollar starter home, <laughs> and and um, the first thing I would do is is look at that house and say, you know, what, if, if I got this collateral back, am I happy holding onto this house? And, um, can I sell it? Can I rent it out? Um, and what kind of return can I get on the house? If I get the collateral back, you know, that's the first thing I do. And if I don't like the collateral, if it's in a, you know, a bad neighborhood or, um, it's so dilapidated that, you know, you'd have to put an additional you know, chunk of money in to bring it back up to be able to sell it at market value, then maybe I'm not interested in doing that loan. Um, so I don't look at the yield on the note first. I look at the collateral first. You know, and that, it, it, I think that's the question you're asking. So I would look at the farm. I would look at, um, I'm more interested in the farm than, then um then the the borrower is important but um the the collateral is the most important
0: okay if you're able to i just sent you an example of a farm that really intrigued me and i know mike and i talk i'm not sure if this is the one we actually talk about but this is a good example are you able to open up your computer yeah so sent it to, i sent it to yeah. uh i don't know what it was but <laughs> see if you can find it uh Put the email uh derek uh sorry listeners um derek peterson at rvr or derek at rvr oh, okay. all right okay. so while you're getting there i'm going to set this place up so i'm looking at this great looking farm in kansas and i send this and i'm mike the investor and i'm sending this to you and say hey I, i'm interested in buying this i need a loan for you know six months and uh I'm gonna sell this I'm gonna get this commission on this other sale I only need your money for six months I'm willing to do um, the 70% loan to value I guess is what you're basically saying and 15% sounds good will you lend on this so this is a six hundred eighty eight thousand dollar purchase 160 acres in size it's got some tillable ground Um, I don't see a home but I thought I saw one in the picture um, you know, tillable ground can definitely be rented. Um, you could lease it. You could maybe log this, although I don't think logging is a big deal in Kansas, and I wouldn't do that. But um, there's a lot of things you can do to this. And as I look at it, if Mike flops over and can't pay you back, you're you're gonna, you're gonna asking yourself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with this Kansas farm from San Diego? And you're going to look at it in those eyes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... I, and I'm going to look at if if I had to liquidate it, if I had to liquidate the collateral, what what could I get? Um, what's the current market for it? Right. And and how long is that going to take me? And then let's say none of those, you know, option A doesn't work out, which is sell it. What's option B? Option B is to hold it So I can find somebody that wants to buy it. And then what's what kind of return can I get off that land in the interim? So, you know, if I'm, if I'm stuck with it for three years, can I, can I, you know, get, get some income off of timber? Can I, you know, uh, maybe rent it out to farmers? Can I rent it out to hunters? Can I, you know, bring some income off of that principle that I've got in that loan?
0: Most of the times when I've done this, like um, I've, I've logged about this on my YouTube channel. I, talk about the, the Polk 60. Um, and this is a good example. You know, I bought that for two hundred and twenty five, maybe 235000 I believe. And um, I didn't have to get a lender, but I guess this could have been, you know, Mr. X out there, one of my listeners that wants to borrow some money from me to go buy something. But when I saw that property, um, I knew that, and it would probably would have been one that I would have lended on, uh, I knew I could do something with it. Um, this property here, if you guys want to check this out, um, go to uh, whitetailproperties.com and type in Kansas and get to Mitch Keeley. He's the agent. Mitch, if you're listening to this, I'm uh, I'm giving you a plug. It's Jewel County, 160 acres in Burr Oak, Kansas. And it's a good looking little property. I, You know, from the guys like me that get off on this stuff, the hunting properties, I'll bet there's some... Big bucks in that area. It looks good at least. But uh, so back to the Polk County. So I bought that property, Derek, and I, I saw right away that I could subdivide this off. And I told Denise, my wife, um, you know, worst case scenario, I could peel off five acres in this cabin and I could sell that for probably one hundred seventy-five to 200000 bucks. So if I did that alone, I still own 55 acres and... I'm, you know, I'm, if I sold for 200, I'm 35,000 away from being made whole, and I haven't even sold the land. The land value in that area was 3,500 acres times 55 acres. The land value alone was $192,500. if one of the listeners bought you something like that, that's how that, is that how you would evaluate it?
1: Yeah. I mean, you've, your expertise and you're, you know, making this specifically about land. If you can do all those things, if you can sell off a portion of it, split it with a lot, and then recover most of your, you know, investment or let's say the loan that you made on the property, that's one of the, that's one of the exit options for you. Right. So, Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great scenario. I mean, traditionally with a single family home, that option isn't there. You can't, now, well, now in California, you can split lots and you can add, you know, additional single family homes to an, an, a lot, but it's not, it's not all that prevalent. But in land, I know, um, that's more likely of an outcome where you can split the lot down and then, sell off a portion and then recover most of your investment. And then you get to hold, you know, whatever's left. And, you know, that's, that's a fantastic way to, to exit and recover your principal. Well,
0: we're giving, or maybe you
1: just, or maybe you just hold it for fun. You know, let's say on your listener side, you're probably, um, working with people that are more interested in owning and holding land for the most part so so maybe maybe they're quite comfortable with doing loans on on this type of property and they see a potential you know hey worst case scenario i get a a dream a dream piece of piece of land in central kansas with the hunting and the timber and the agricultural aspects and all the things I want. And I'm okay getting it, you know, at a 50% discount because let's say you're 50% loan to value um, and something happens on the deal and the, and the owner has to
0: walk away. You're getting a hell of a deal, right? Am I miss? So I'm trying to, okay. So Mike comes to me, uh, he buys this property. I give him the money, the down payment, Are you, are you in first lien position? So if Mike defaults on this and can't pay it, it comes back to you. What am I missing? The original seller is going to want all of his money and now you own it.
1: Right. So, um, well, you're recorded as, as a lien holder, um, and you want to be, I mean, there's, there's different ways to lend on property. You can be in first position. You can be in second position. You can be in third, fourth, whatever. And obviously, as you go down in the, in the chain, the, the risk becomes more and more. So a first position lien holder, there's nobody in front of them. Um, so when it comes time, if there's a default on the note, you get to recover what's in that note first. And then it goes to the second and the third and the fourth.
0: So So, you want to be in that first position as the lender.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a place for being in second position too. Um, It just depends on the size. I won't get into the complexities of it, but um, I would say on land, you probably want to be in first position. Yeah.
0: This particular farm that I'm looking at um, again, you guys should go there uh, whitetailproperties.com go to Kansas and Click on Mitch Keeley, and go down and look at the uh, Burr Oak 160, we're going to call it. What's interesting about this one, Derek, is, okay, so, you know, go into this marriage with understanding what the divorce looks like because let's just assume that Mystery Mike here that, uh, um, that you lend this money to does default. What could you do to this? I'm looking at this property, and I see Highway 128, all along one side and i see i don't know what the road is but there's another one along the other side and this is a real nice square property so really super easy to subdivide that kind of gets my juices flowing a little bit because i love those two-sided access farms not only from subdivision but or not only from hunting but for subdivision it lends itself very well to subdividing when you have two-sided access when you're a hunter that's fantastic too. I know you're not really into hunting in San Diego, but you have multiple wind directions. So that makes it valuable. So I start to see these value propositions coming from multiple sides, um, but realizing.
1: What's the crops worth? Um, So if you, if you look at this, it's the one you sent me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Central Kansas. And you see there's pictures of cornfield, a cornfield there. Um, And then you have, Um, So just taking the corn, for example, Um, if you were to, you probably wouldn't want to, as a lender, you wouldn't want to farm that um, because you're probably out of state or whatever. But what's that, what's that farm area worth as far as a lease to another local farmer?
0: I don't know Kansas. I mean, yeah, I don't know Kansas, but let's just say, and I'm looking at the tillable ground that these FSA maps are putting up there. And I, am just doing some quick math. This isn't exactly right, but let's just say of this 160 acre farm, there's about, I'm going to call it 110 acres. So 110 acres. And let's say you can get $150 per acre. I don't know what they get out there, but that's $16,500 a year income if you just rent it. And that's the tillable ground. The rest of it, 46 acres, it looks like there's a small house, but Mitch doesn't have pictures of it. So I'm gonna assume that there's a structure. That forty-six acres could also be leased. And I'm gonna say so sixteen thousand five hundred and maybe you can rent that house uh, times twelve, that's another twenty-four thousand. So twenty-four thousand plus I'm gonna round it up to seventeen thousand a year. So you've got forty one thousand dollars of year of income coming on that purchase. Not bad. So, so the so the price is six eighty eight. Six eighty eight, I think, is what he was asking. So,
1: how much does the borrower want to get? Um, how much are they going to come to the closing table with, and and uh, how much are they looking to borrow?
0: Um, I would say, you know, it might be a seventy five percent loan to value, so he'll have to come with twenty five percent of six eighty eight. Okay. So seven hundred
1: seventy two thousand. So I'm just looking at the return. Um so you're you're basically lending half a million dollars like 516 sure on that and and so you're saying you can get 40,000 off of
0: it That's what I did. A year? Yeah. I don't know I don't um, know so what I've the had... house looks like but I'm just assuming it's a livable house at $1200 a month for the house and about 50 acres of um grazing area. So you could have some cattle or something or horses out there. So I I don't know, 1200 bucks a month sounds reasonable. So so I don't
1: know what, I don't know what property taxes are. And you know, you got to look at the expense side too. So, you know, just if you didn't, if you, if you made that loan at half a million, 516 and you had 40,000 coming in, they didn't have any expenses coming out of that 40,000. It was just like, you know, whoever's living in the four bedroom house is paying all the bills, right? Yeah. They're paying their own insurance. They're paying the property taxes for you. They're paying everything. Um, they're just renting the house from you. So, I mean, you're getting a 40,000 divided by 516 is is uh, 7.75. So, you're, you're getting almost an 8% return on your money as plan B, assuming that the deal goes bad, right? If the deal goes bad, you're not getting paid your 12% or 15%. Um, the, the plan B is to rent it out and, and try to, you know, generate some income off of it. And that's not too shabby. I mean, if you can get an 8% return on it by renting it out, and that's not even including the timberland and the maybe you can get some hunting, hunting income off of it. That's just the farming aspect and the and renting the house out right right so i mean there's still some upside there and and you could do value add and you could you know make it you know um kind of a hunter's you know white tail paradise right put some hunting shacks on it and do your normal value add stuff um and you could probably get a, a pretty decent return on it
0: well maybe we need to dive into that a little bit and we can Talk about that, but hey, can I take a moment out here just so we can hear from the sponsors and then we'll be right back to the show. Are you ready to make a purchase and become the next American landman, Or perhaps you have a track of land that you're ready to sell, just want to be sure you're working with the most qualified land specialist agent you can find. Well, it all begins with finding the right agent, a land specialist agent. Whitetail Properties Real Estate is the leading land sales broker in the nation. Our mission is simple, we exist to connect the buyer and sellers of American land. Our land specialists are specifically trained to sell land, be it farms and ranches, timber, mineral, or recreational tracts, And we have agents in almost every state of the union waiting to serve you. If you're ready, give me a call, send me a text or an email. I'll ask you a few basic questions and then connect you with my network of the nation's best landmen and land women. We have land specialists in almost every state of the union coast to coast. Get in touch with me. I'm Neil Hogger. I'm a land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate, and I want to be your guy in the land business. Okay. All right. Well, before the break there, we kind of started talking about the worst case scenario, right? So the, we got married to this mystery Mike that's lending this, and Mike is uh, an investor from Michigan, and he needs some quick money, and he came to you, and he said, "Derek, uh, Mr. Aviara Capital, I need some capital. I'd like to buy this farm here, and it's 166 acres for 688,000, and we, we kind of rounded out. We purchased it for 512, and then we." Did a little work, and we said, all right, well, what can we get out of this? There's a little bit of a house and maybe about, we'll call it 50 acres of some grassland. You can maybe rent that for 1200 a month. So putting out all of the utilities to the renter, you're making $24,000 a year. And then we have some tillable ground, and, and we till that up, and we grow corn on it, and we get $150 an acre, and we did the math, that added another 17000 So if my math is right, we're getting about $40,000 of income off of property that we now own because Mike defaults and you own it. And I would agree that, you know, if you held it, you came up with about an 8% return just on those numbers, assuming they are right. That's not too bad. Why do you say that's not too bad? There's people out there that don't get that. What do you, What do you mean? How do I know it's good or how do I know it's bad? Eight percent.
1: So I, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a, um, you know, chief compounding officer. So I'm always looking at w- what kind of return on capital am I getting? So capital allocation, and so I always compare that to a zero risk, you know, U.S. Treasury of uh, which are you know right around five percent right now. So you know if you're beating a U.S. Treasury and you have a tangible thing you, like a piece of land and you're getting an eight percent return, I mean you're beating you're beating the Treasuries by three percent. So that's why I say it's a pretty decent return.
0: That's not too bad. And if
1: and if you and you know if, if let's say you don't have to um you don't have to step in and, and take the land back. And you can do a 12 or 15 percent hard money loan. Um, that's you know that's double the triple the rate of uh, a treasury. So I mean you're you're really killing it there. And um, in some cases, like with hard money loans, okay, there's there's the interest rate on the note and there's loan origination. So a lot of guys will want to have some sort of loan origination of maybe one or two points. Um, you know, so on that on that half a million dollar loan, maybe they have a note interest rate of 12% and then they have two points of loan origination. So they have uh, 2% on a half a million, $10,000 check that gets inked at the closing table that comes to them, right? So, um, it, you know, it, it's a great deal for the lender. It's a great deal for the borrower or investor that wants this piece of land and wants to do magnificent things with it. And I mean, goodness gracious, you're not sending your money to wall street. You're you're, they call it main street versus wall street, right? So you're actually investing in main street and you're improving main street versus, you know, sending your money to a, a mutual fund where, you know, a bunch of fat cats in, you know, New York and um, wherever they're at it, are just, sucking fees off of off of your investment capital so that's why i love hard money lending because you're not only doing a you're, you're getting a great return right and then and then the investor that you're helping improve main street um is is getting a great deal um, they're improving Main Street and they're getting a good return um, so I just see that as like actually it's win-win and a win for the community right um, as opposed to people that send their money all to a mutual fund and you know who knows how many different ways they're sucking off your off your principal and you know you've seen Wolf of Wall Street that's what it is right um, so th- so this kind of investing to me is just, Far superior in so many different ways. Then it, it does take a little work. I mean, you have to what I call this um, hard money is mailbox money because once you do your upfront due diligence on a loan, you're done. You have a servicer that services that loan for you. And I, I just I just cashed a check today that I got on a on a uh, we call them trustee investment in California, but it's a hard money loan. And, um, I just got a check today, just opened up a check and went, wow, you know, I got another, you know, $800.
0: So you threw that on the um, table and then you grabbed your golf clubs and out the door you ran, huh?
1: Well, better yet. I just, I put it on the table and I do a (laughs) mobile deposit and then I, and then I'm done in In thirty seconds and bam, I'm out, I'm out with my golf clubs and gone. So, um, I, you know, I think it's, a fantastic way you have mailbox money so it's passive once you've done your upfront due diligence and um doesn't take any amount of your time at all so that's what makes it a great investment plus you have this collateral that you know you wouldn't mind taking back anyway let's say that you know the worst case scenario happens and that investor default you step in and you're you know you have to go through the process probably hire an attorney but you've got all this equity and you've got this margin of safety that you've built into doing a 50% LTV or 60% LTV loan. Um, so, and I mean, that's just a, if things don't work out well, if things work out well, you know, you get your 15%, you know, maybe 12% on the note and you get your 3% origination. The investor makes a nice profit from improving main street and um, everybody, everybody wins. Right. So, that's why I just love this stuff.
0: Well, I know you're not really a land guy, although I've been, for the listeners, I've been talking to Derek about, you know, this segment of investing, and Derek hasn't dabbled in it, But um, and hopefully by now you guys are looking at this listing. So I want to talk a little bit specifically about it. So, Derek, if you got this thing open, let's talk about it a little bit, because from an investor standpoint, like a guy – for you that might lend on this this is how i would look at this and if you look at the aerial maps there's seven aerial maps again subdividing this property is a huge potential because of um, the highway 128 on one side and whatever street or avenue that is on the north side very simple to shave off little parcels and um, This community of Burr Oak, of course, you guys need to do your due diligence on this to see if this is really an opportunity, but this is what's grabbing me. This thing looks like it's about two miles from this little town of Burr Oak, and I'll guarantee you that there are some young people in that town that are saying, the land is too high, and these investors from California and Michigan are buying it up or wherever, and I can't afford, you know, I can't afford 160 acres over over a half a million dollars but a lot of these guys could afford a smaller portion you know 40 acres or whatever 20 acre parcel where they can come out of whatever little town is nearby and start their own little homestead have their own little piece of land and that's how you know if I'm talking to Derek I'm going to say this is the opportunity here Derek I could subdivide this and I could sell these little farmettes and instead of getting, you know, $4,800 an acre or whatever this came up to, I think it was 4800 I could probably sell this twenty, and I might make fifteen dollars or $20,000 an acre. I'm just making up numbers because I don't know the market. But I've done the research, Derek, and this is what can be done. But let's say you don't even want to do that, Derek. Let's just say, all right, Derek, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this property. And as I read the description that... Um, the guys have here it says that there's a small little old farmstead little homestead probably have some water a lot of depends on you know what this what it what it is it's built in 1900 so it's a, probably a rundown old place four bedroom two bath 1260 square feet but if that thing is salvageable i mean maybe sometimes it's cosmetic i don't know if somebody's been living there but if that's salvageable well heck right there you got an easy fix put a little bit of money into it Derek, you're the owner now because the marriage went south and you own it. You could fix up that house or find a local contractor to fix it up. Um, I'm noticing here also that it says uh, some big game stands, tree stands and blinds, uh, trail network. There's some gated fence. uh, Mineral rights convey. That's nice. I don't know what would be out there. I suppose maybe oil or gas possible in that area. Um, There's a small pond uh, for waterfowl. So, from my point of view, from a guy that likes to buy these properties, man, this has got a lot going on. I see little food plots that are off the road and secluded. I'm thinking some food plots, some tree stands in there. I would increase, improve it with some banks, blinds. And depending what I would do is I would look at the cost per acre in that area and see if I can get a sense that, Hey, I'm buying this at a reasonable cost per acre. But if I just improve it, a lot of times, I can move the needle $500 to even $1,000 per acre uh, by improving it for just hunting. I haven't even subdivided. So if I've got 160,000 and 160 acres, 160 acres, and I increase this to $5,800 per acre, that's now worth $928,000 less the $550,000 that I got into it. Derek, you just gained three hundred seventy-eight thousand bucks by doing that, and we haven't even subdivided it. So, sure. if, so if I'm a listener, and I don't know that Derek's a lender on land yet, but um, he he is an investment type guy. That's how you would break this out, right? Is that if I if I came to you with that type of plan, that's what you'd be looking for?
1: Uh, well, I yeah. I know I'd I'm putting you on for, the spot a
0: little bit, but
1: I I in, and I don't know land. I mean, I I know single family or multifamily. Um, But yeah, I I, I, going back to going back to, you know, you're increasing the value of the collateral by whatever your business plan, we call them business plans, right? So the investor is coming in and he's planning to do all these things that you're talking about. Okay, what's the business plan? Um, And what does that Due to the value of the property. And, um, so that those are all things that I'm considering when I'm looking at that collateral going, do I want that back? Would I take that back? And would I know what to do with it if I had to take it back? Um, so yeah, I mean, those are all important aspects. I mean, as, as a, I, I guess I should just cover that real quick. Um, as, as a, as a lender, you, you'd want to see the business. Plan. It can be like a one-page, just kind of a summary of what you intend to do. Here's the current value. Here's the comp. Yeah, I mean, you've seen seen these in uh, real estate deals before. They're usually called offering memorandums or something like that. Um, But it's similar to that. You'd basically say, "This is what I'm buying it for. This is." the current market value based on here's the comps in the area of of land that's sold here's what it goes for i'm buying at such and such a discount i'm going to have my own money in it you know which is which is powerful from a lender standpoint that let's say that the investor the borrower has a hundred thousand of their own money in it um it's going to be very hard for them to walk away from that deal right and and leave a hundred thousand um if they don't if they don't have any money in the deal then it's a it's quite a bit riskier from uh you know from a lending standpoint because you know they don't really have any anything to lose right they're just looking they, they just have their own time they don't have any of their own capital in it so it'd be really good if you know you came with with half a million and then they come up with a six hundred thousand, or excuse me a hundred thousand and they're able to get it at a discount off of the current market value per acre say it's you know worth seven seven fifty um so that that kind of deal structure looks pretty good to me you know
0: let's um, run through let's run through this a little bit and i'll do, and i'll 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 throw I'm gonna kind of like verbalize the business plan to you as best I can. Do you think we could try to make this real to people that are looking at this, or will? And yeah. let, okay, let's yeah. do this. All right. So make it make it real. Let's make let's make it real. Okay. So, I think we're purchasing this at five hundred and fifty thousand bucks. It was at six eighty eight. This guy was ready to sell. I bought it for five hundred and fifty thousand. So I bring this to you. And here's my plan, Derek. Um, you're looking at it with me, and um, this is what I see. Okay, right now, Derek, I don't want to split this up, but I think it could be because it's got road access on two sides. And let's just say I'm going to take this and I'm going to subdivide it into four separate parcels. And I'm doing some math. Um, well, let's let's. I'm not going to do that, but let's. Just, I'm going to tell you that part of my plan. Could be, it could be subdivided. I haven't done the math on that. I can do that for you as a lender if you wish. But what I plan on doing is I plan on improving on this. So I've talked to the local farmers out there, and I can get $150 per acre, and there are, let's just call it 100 acres out there of tillable ground. So I can get $15,000 a year of rent from the cash of the crops, just the crop rent. Um, next, what I'm going to do is there's, this was a cattle farm and I could see like a wet hole and a cattle pasture that they were running timber or weren't running cattle. What I'm going to do out there, Derek, is I'm going to not put cattle on. I'm going to take the cattle off it or, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the cattle off it and I'm going to start putting some food plots in the Southwest corner here. I don't know if this is the actual directions, but on the one corner, there's a food plot there. Um, there's a big pasture. I'm gonna put switchgrass in that, to create some bedding, and I'm gonna put um, one, two. I'm gonna put three blinds on there at a total price of about nine thousand bucks. I'm gonna pay for that, and if I do all that, five hundred fifty thousand divided by one hundred sixty acres, I paid thirty-four, thirty-seven per acre for this property. But I think I can improve it by thousand dollars an acre to 4437 an acre if I do these improvements like I've just described to you. So at 4437 times 160 acres, three years from now, I'm going to sell it at 710,000 bucks, or you would be able to sell it at 710,000. <laughs> and I've sure. got um, Fifteen thousand dollars. Let's round it up. Twenty thousand dollars worth of work into it because you're going to pay a guy to plant it uh, every year. So I'm fa- factoring in about three thousand dollars a year to plant it. Um, it may even be less than that because a lot of it's corn. But if I if I said this, I bought it for five fifty, and I improved it, or you did, and I sold it for seven hundred ten thousand. I think that'd be the market value, forty three hundred dollars an acre in kansas for a totally set up property what do you think this is going to be awesome i'm telling you there's going to be boon and yeah i mean
1: i i like i like the business plan i i just i mean what you said at the beginning if if you were to buy it for 555 or whatever um that's what i'm doing my ltv of Okay. I'm not doing it after I'm not doing it off of after repair value or after you've done your value add. I'm doing it what is the current value in the marketplace and I'll lend up to 55 60% of that. The rest you need to bring to the table on your own.
0: So you can't come Period. at this with no money. He's got to have some money.
1: You got to have money in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless you're really a predatory lender which is, you know, another area you know, loan to own people that actually want the collateral. They're hoping, they you know default, that the, huh? they're hoping you default and they're just looking to, you know, get get the collateral at a discount. Um, I'm not that way. I'd rather, you know, like win, win, win type deals, main street investor and me. Um, so I'm going to do 50 to 60% of what the current market value of what you purchase is purchase debt, And then I want to see a business plan of how you're going to increase the value of that, which creates safety on my end. If I do a two, three year loan with you and you've got this value add plan that you're going to push the value up to 750000 800000 I want to see a business plan that shows how you're going to push that value up higher so that my risk actually is going down. Right.
0: So the guy out there that's listening to me that said, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah I get what Neil's saying. Is that going to be sufficient to you as your, as your business plan? I'm gonna I'm gonna spend this much on seed, this much on blinds. Um, I'm gonna rent the ground for this. Uh, you know that is timeline.
1: That- so you, you need a business plan. You need your timeline. So here's here's how long it's going to take me. I'm gonna exit this deal after I do this value add in two years. Going to take me you know two years to do all this this to the property and here's my you know my projection of what the what the property will be worth after i'm done with this value add um yeah so yeah time and here's what we're gonna do and here's what the projected value would
0: be worth is there a template or something that guys would use that is used in the industry because somebody out there right now is going yeah i kind of like this idea Hard money lending. I can't go to the bank for whatever, and or maybe I've got so many rental properties that I can't get a loan anymore. So now I'm. That's what I'm doing. I'd really like to get into this land idea. I kind of like this idea. No renters uh-huh. to deal with. Just deer. Is there a template that they could get somewhere?
1: No, it's deal structure. Okay. Like I said it before, it's it's an art form. I mean, it, it, you want to get creative. You could even you could even cross collateral something let's say that they're they don't have their 200,000 but they have a single family home that they've you know paid free and clear and then they have a cabin they could they could use that as the collateral their 200,000 and you know um, and you'd record your you know deed instruments against their house and their cabin to to um, to to, to basically have collateral and safety in your loan for a piece of land like this. So that's called cross collateralization. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's tons of creative ways that, that you can put deals together. First thing for you know, an investor um, is finding a piece of land like this that you really want and that you see like a huge value add you know, potential. And then you're, then you're like, okay, um, this piece of land I want, and I can create value in this piece of land by doing X, Y, and Z. Okay, I don't have two hundred thousand, but like I said, I've got a house and I've got a cabin. A house free and clear, and a cabin, and I'm going to offer that as collateral, and I'm going to be looking for uh, you know somebody to lend me the other five hundred thousand, and they can kind of step into putting a deal together for no money out of their own pocket.
0: And this property so, I mean, that I'm looking at has, I think it really does have opportunity.
1: So there's, there's, there's 50 different ways that you can, you just have to open your mind, you know, as far as uh, the deal structure goes.
0: Hard money lending. It's a different concept. I'm, I i do not think it's common in the land industry, but here you go, guys. There's a different feather in your cap. Find these properties and uh, find your lender. So Derek, I know you don't lend on land, but you are a guy that does hard money lending, and you do other types of investment. Is it? Is this something guys could come to you with? Is this an interest that you would? Yeah, I might entertain this. I guess it depend on the deal type thing.
1: Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I mean it would be, <laughs> be you know out of my wheelhouse. It'd be out of my wheelhouse, but it, it, would, it wouldn't be not looked at. You
0: know Neil Hogger, land specialist, and I know Mitch Keeley, so we'll set you straight. Yeah. Somebody's going to yeah, want to buy so. this Kansas farm from you, buddy, or with you. <laughs> They're going to ask you. I'm telling you. Your phone's about to blow up. You get ready. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: so, I mean, just my back is I'm a financial freedom advocate now. I'm a retired civil engineer. I've been um, retired for six months. I was a civil engineer for 26 years, built major transit projects in San Diego and different places and uh, started putting together a portfolio of multifamily property and single-family homes over the last 15 years. And that's what we do now. Um, Like, one of the one of the properties that I'm working on right now is an eight unit in San Diego apartment building and I'm adding, I'm adding units to it. So that's kind of, kind of my focus right now. Well, you know, maybe we'll start to see discounts in the market on multifamily. Well, definitely on commercial, like so retail and uh, office space is going to be discounted heavily. Um, but, we're seeing, you know, maybe a potential in the next year or so to, to pick up additional uh, multifamily housing. And um, in San Diego, we can the the city needs housing, California needs housing, and what they're allowing you to do is convert garages and storage and and create additional units. And so my My focus is, you know, I can go through city permitting processes pretty efficiently and I can deal with inspectors and I can deal with the plan reviewers and stuff like that. So, um, I convert storage space and garages and hopefully I can build them for about, you know, um, 80,000 a door. And after I'm done, they're worth about 300,000 a door. Mm -hmm. So well, that's, it's no different that's with land. Be my focus over the next couple of years. That's no yeah. difference than yeah. the land.
0: I mean, I'm I'm picking up pieces that you know I get it X price, fifteen hundred an acre, or whatever, and then I subdivide it and I put some trails and food plots and tree stands on it, and then I I sell it and I almost double my money every single time, um, or close to it, or at least a good good improvement. So I think I think what you know you're seeing the craziness that's happening in the, in the West coast and California, I'm seeing these people getting out of there looking for properties like this where they can get away, but they, they want it improved. They want to, they, they want you to take it from this raw land that this property is to something that's refined. And that's where you make your money. It's as simple as that, but all right, Derek. Well, yep. Hey man, we just went over our hour. So we always try to wrap it up. Um, I know this is a little bit out of your wheelhouse and I made you stretch a little bit and kind of go out on a limb and, but the, I think the process is the same. It's very similar, um, to what you're doing. You know, you'd have a guy bring a business plan. So listeners that are looking for hard money lending from a guy like Derek, might not be Derek. could be somebody like him. Could be me, uh, bring a business plan and lay it out. How am I going to make my money? What happens when this goes South and we have to get divorced? That's the things we're going to know. And, uh, we could, we could help you make it happen. So, you want to throw out your contacts in case somebody wants to call you about buying uh, the next Aplex in San Diego? Go ahead. Sure.
1: Contact me at uh, Derek, D E R E K, at Aviera so capital, capital Investments.com. So that's Aviera, A V I A R A Capital, C A P I T A L Investments.com.
0: Awesome. All right, buddy. Well, I, I, I made you talk outside of your comfort zone, but there's a lot of similarities, and a lot of parallelisms that I think go. So I want to thank you for coming on the show for the third time. And uh, we didn't even get into some of your blogs. There's some really good, uh, you know, interesting blogs. I'm going to send people to your website, go check it out, and then start to expand your mind on how you can get into a piece of American land and you too can become an American landman. Derek? I want to thank you for joining us and we'll talk again real soon. Okay, buddy. Thanks Neil. Thanks for having me. All right, man. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Well, I really enjoyed that episode and uh, hard money lending is something that you guys may not have heard about, but I could tell you that it could really kind of fill a hole that I hear out there all the time. Cause the guys can't get a loan, can't save enough money across a property they just absolutely love but by the time they pull themselves together as you heard you know 30 days two weeks to 30 days to get your loan and a lot of you guys as much as i tell you you're not lining up your loan prior to finding the properties and then you go out there you fall in love with the property and you realize you don't have the money to buy it and by that time it's gone because there's not a lot on the market. Sellers are not waiting for you to go chase your money around and hard money lending may be the faster way to do it. Of course, you pay a little bit more, uh, as you heard. Uh, but if it's a short term flip, it might be the way to get in. Or maybe you can't afford uh, excuse me. You can't get another loan because you got too many out there and you're an investor. Well, in that case, you probably know about hard money lending and I tried to drag Derek into the world of land and I think I'm getting him thinking about it because you know, he's, he's on that crazy left coast and uh, buying some land in the middle of the country smelling the sage and the fresh air of Burr Oak, Kansas. I know I got him thinking. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you guys want to talk about hard money lending, give him a call and see if he can work something out. I'm sure he'll be, he'll be a guy that'll love to consult with you. Maybe you can do a deal and guys, I personally have not done hard money lending, but I'm kind of thinking about it. I've got a pool of money. So if you got a great deal and you want to talk to me about it, give me a call. We'll talk about it and who knows, I may be your lender. With that, we're going to sign off, guys. We want to make you an American Landman one acre at a time. Give me a call. Let me help you find a piece of property. If I can't find you one, there's guys all over the country like Adam and Mitch that have some beautiful farms like this. We'll get you into one. Call me, I'll make the introduction. I can kind of guide you through the process and we'll help you become the next American Landman. I'm Neil Hogger and I'm a land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate. I wanna thank you for listening to the American Landman Podcast.